Hello, welcome to another message titled, The Word of God is Your Fans. So love the Word of God, love the Word passionately and make it your aim, your constant aim to always please God and not grieve His Spirit. Breaking God's Word is breaking His Spirit and hurting Him. Proverbs 28, 13 says, Whoever conceals his transgressions will not prosper, but he who confesses and forsakes them will obtain mercy. So tell God you are sorry for grieving his spirit when you fall into sin and quickly repent and forsake that sin. If you are angry or lie, confess it immediately and do not let the sun go down on your anger and sin. That is the big secret that you need. That's what you need. That's the key that you need in order to be constantly victorious. It is not that you will never fall into sin. No, no, no. It is not that. It is all about how you react after you fall into sin. That's what matters. It's your reaction after the fall that matters. First John 1 it says, if we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. That is 1 John 1, 8. So we now take an example from Paul in Acts of the Apostles, chapter 23, verses 1 to 5. So Paul looked straight at the surrendering and said, My brothers, I have fulfilled my duty to God in all good conscience to this day. And at this... The high priest Ananias ordered those near Paul to strike him on the mouth. Then Paul said to him, God will strike you, you whitewashed wall. You sit there to judge me according to the law, yet you violate the law by commanding that I be struck. Those who were standing near Paul said, you dare to insult God's high priest? Then Paul replied, brothers, I did not realize that he was the high priest, for it is written, do not speak evil about the ruler of your people. Acts 23, 1-5. So you can see that instantly Paul used the word of God to correct himself. So that's what it means to be constantly conscious of the word of God, to know when you have broken the word of God. Another word of God will bear witness and tell you that, look, you have broken this other word of God. So the word of God does not break itself. It doesn't conflict. One word cannot come from here and conflict with another one and break that one. So you can see that instantly Paul was able to remember the word of God, recall the word of God, and he used that instantly to correct himself. In this scripture, Paul immediately showed remorse after insulting the high priest. He did not make excuses like a lot of us do. That is spiritual maturity. You know, what he did is spiritual maturity. That's just the way to act. God wants us to waste no time in showing remorse and regret. Anytime we sin and anytime we hurt someone, anyone at all, people close to you, don't detect to people how they should react and how they should feel. As long as you've hurt that person's feelings, stop, stop making excuses. Just be mature and say, I'm sorry. That's just it. Stop, don't make excuses. 
you don't dictate to someone whether the person should feel hurt or not. If the person is hurt, the person is hurt. So just apologize because the more you keep trying to defend what you did, the more you're making that thing worse. So that's maturity, really. We need to grow up. That's just the truth. Strive for spiritual maturity. God wants you to be perfect in your works. Do not be deceived by false preachers who mislead people into seeking blessings without submission and seeking power without purity. Examine every teaching with the word of God. Remember that the word of God says that man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes out of the mouth of God. And that Jesus said, it is not him who says, Lord, Lord, but those who do the will of my father in heaven. So that's what matters. So it is that will of God that you're doing that matters. It's not about calling God from morning to night or calling the name of Jesus from morning to night. It is good for you to call the name of Jesus, but if you're calling the name of Jesus that Jesus said you're calling Lord Lord yet you do not obey him then you can see that there's something wrong with what you're doing so Revelation 3 2 says be watchful and strengthen the things which remain that are ready to die for I have not found your works perfect before God that is Revelation 3 2 so God wants to bless you because he rewards those that diligently seek him he is the Lord of mercy, favor, and blessings. However, he wants you to grow spiritually, mentally, and physically. He doesn't want you to remain a child forever. He wants you to prosper and be in health, even as your soul prospers. If your soul is not prospering, God will not be pleased with you. And he will introduce discipline. God has a standard that he wants for all his children. I think I've shared this revelation with you guys before. I said it that the Lord spoke to me some years ago, maybe like about six years. I'm not really sure. He spoke to me and said, I did not pamper you. If I had pampered you, you wouldn't be who you are today. I was shocked when the Lord said that. So everything that God does, he knows why he does it. Every trial that you've been through, God knows what he's doing. He's working something in you. As long as you are not yet in that place of maturity and victory where God wants you to be, God is going to introduce discipline. Something must happen to make you get up and get to where God wants you to be. If God leaves you, you're just going to be there. If God leaves us, we're just going to be children forever. <laughs> That's just how it is. The Bible says that trials are to provide your faith, which is more precious than good, so that your faith needs to be complete. I'm talking about your faith, your Christian faith, your alignment with the Christian Faith. I'm not the faith I'm talking about now is not necessarily the ability for you to believe and get something from God. That's the gift of faith. I'm talking now about the Christian faith in general. That is the word of God. Your ability to align and realign yourself in oneness with the Christian faith. That is with the word of God. That's what I'm talking about now. And that faith is what supersedes every other faith. So that's what 
God is trying to do. He's trying to purify your faith. Your faith is the way you see God. Your faith is the way you look at God. The picture of God you have in your mind, the revelation of God that you have, the wisdom, the understanding, the knowledge, that, that's what brings out your faith. That's what determines if you really believe God's word or not. Because the Bible says that the entrance of thy word giveth light. So it is that word that is in your heart that is already living in your heart that God has planted deep down in your heart that is bearing fruit. That's the, the one that matters. So that's what I'm talking about now when I'm talking about the Bible, talking about purifying your faith, which is more precious than good. So everything God is doing is for your heart to become that yielded heart. It's become that soil that Jesus was talking about in the parable of the soil. The soil that can now hold the word of God. Remember, there was the soil that was like rock. You know, the word of God, some fell on the wayside, some fell on rock. You know, so different things choke the word of God. Now, if you're very worldly, Jesus said, he said, the cares of this world, different things came and Choke the word of God, choke the life out of the word of God. All those things have to be uprooted by God. God has to uproot those things. That's the purification we're talking about. And when it's happening, it's not going to be simple. It's not going to be sweet. It's not going to be a pleasant experience. It's not going to be easy. That's just the truth about this word of God. That's just the truth about how God is dealing with us. So we need to realize that our faith is very, very precious to God. So God is not going to be pleased with you. If your soul is not prospering, God will not be pleased with you. And then he will introduce discipline. The secret to constant victory is complete desire and submission to the word of God. John 8.32 says, And ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. The word of God is the truth. And you shall know the word. <laughs> the word you know and practice will set you free. The word that you apply correctly with wisdom, that is the word that will set you free. Idleness, wishful thinking, idols and false teachings will never set anyone free. They only multiply bondage and destruction. But the devil misleads people into not realizing that those things are destructive. That's justice, <laughs> knowing the word of God. You know, under the word of God, the word of God talks about justice, talks about judgment. People just know the word of God in a very surface form. But there's so many topics in the word of God. I shared a scripture to go today on Facebook that talks about the righteous understanding the justice of God. Why the justice of God is like a mystery to the wicked people, to the people that don't believe in God. So that's part of knowing the word of God. I remember a long time ago, the Lord spoke to me and said that the people who are witches, that do evil things, that they don't believe in judgment. That's what the Lord said. I remember that Jesus said, and that when the Holy Spirit comes, he will teach you about righteousness, about sin, about judgment. So you need to know those things. You need to know. It's just If you just know about the blessings of God, and you don't know that God is a just judge, you are not balanced, and the devil will be having an upper hand over you. So you need a complete picture of the word of God. Jesus had a complete picture of the word of God. That was why the Bible stated that Jesus had the fear of of the Lord. The fear of the Lord is when you understand the judgment of God, when you understand justice, when you understand that what you sow is what you reap. You go and steal from somebody, you pay sevenfold. 
when you understand that, then you keep your hands pure, and then you behave like Jesus, you behave like Paul. So that's what really matters. So marry the word of God, the way that Jesus did. Jesus is the word of God. <laughs> when he lived on earth, he was always in complete union and conformity with the word of God and with God's will. Anything short of union with the word of God and the will of God, you know, the word of God reveals the will of God. Anything short of that will not give you the kind of victory and result that you want and the kind of victory and result that you need. Some days ago, the Lord spoke to me and said, the word of God is your fence. He's, he just spoke that to me. Wow, that revelation dropped so deep in my soul. And it's, it's just been, you know, arming me and helping me. So your, your fence is your wall, your protection, your defense, and your armor. The word defense has fence in it with an S replacing the C. You can see defense. The word of God is your fence, is your defense. Fence. The word of God is also your sword. The Bible says it in the armor of God. Go and study the armor of God again, and you will see that all the armor of God, either the word of God or fruit of the word of God. Truth is the word of God. Truth is an armor of God. It is the word of God because the word of God is truth. You see how the Bible says these things? Righteousness is an arm of God. Know that the word of God builds righteousness. It's what produces righteousness. So you can see it's a fruit of the word of God. Faith comes from the word of God too, just like righteousness comes from the word of God. All these things, the Bible says that Jesus Christ is the one that produces those fruits in us. And Jesus is the word of God. So the word of God is the one producing those fruits in us, the Holy Spirit, through his word, produces those fruits in us. You see how it is now? So that's just how it was. So the armor of God is all about the word of God. So just know how important this word of God is. The word of God is Jesus himself. Know how important Jesus is. Jesus is also the power of God. So your union with the word of God is now going to usher you into a dimension of glory into tasting the blood of Jesus, the life of Jesus, into tasting the power of Christ. So it is through the word that you taste that power of God. You can't throw the word of God away, the will of God away and think that you're going to taste that constant glory, that constant power of God that you're supposed to be tasting. So just know how things are. That, that's why Jesus himself said, he seek you first, the kingdom of God and his righteousness, the kingdom of God and his righteousness, the word of God, you know, seek it. And then when you're seeking it, all other things will be added unto you. Power will be added unto you. Beauty, spiritual beauty, you know, power is spiritual beauty, blessings, favor, all those things will be added unto you because that's actually what God wants for you. But God is not going to pamper you. God doesn't pamper his children. God is going to build you up to become a spiritual man, to become a mature man, to manifest as a son of God. That's what God wants. You are on a journey. Never forget that. 
<laughs> you are a pilgrim. The Bible says that you are a pilgrim. There was a time that Lord revealed to me. He told me that a lot of people don't know that they're pilgrims here on earth. You are on a journey. A lot of people don't know that they're on a journey. So just realize that you're on a journey to somewhere and then you don't lose focus. Don't, don't be looking at the world. People are acquiring this and that. And then you lose focus. That, that's just it. You lose focus. You forget that you're on a journey, that you're striving after something. You see, it's a race. It's a heavenly race. It's a race for you to get to the mountain top of the glory of God, where the glory of God dwells, to get to that spiritual place where you're going to be in dominion, where you're going to rule on this earth. As a son of God, don't take your eyes off that focus. Stop looking at the world. Stop imitating the world. Stop, stop copying people. Even when you see believers copying the world, don't, don't follow them. Follow Christ. Don't say this person is doing that preacher. Is, don't do that. What you're supposed to do is let Christ be your example. Paul said, imitate me as I imitate Christ. So imitate Christ, imitate Paul. Just imitate God. Imitate the word of God. The word of God is the secret key and precious stone that you have been looking for. And that, that key is Jesus Christ himself. So he is the way and the bridge to God the Father. He is life and resurrection. So put him on completely and do not go and draw a picture of a spirit you don't even know and call it Jesus. So some days ago, the Lord took me in a vision. I just finished praying in the middle of the night, reading my Bible for a long time, prayed in the middle of the night, and then, then I just went into a trance. So the Lord took me in that vision and then we're in a kingdom. And then the Lord showed me a Catholic priest and a reverend sister carrying a statue. It was one statue. They told them were dragging the statue that looked like a spirit that they baptized Mary. That spirit they call Mary, which is not the Mary that is in heaven. So they were dragging that statue. And then it was like a doll-like, lifeless statue. It was a spiritual figure. And I went closer to them and I was talking to them, but they did not hear me. Then the Lord spoke to me and said, that statue is a lie. It is magic. It is witchcraft and falsehood. So what that revelation, when I came out of that trance, I immediately understood. I mean, that the relation went even deeper than it was before. So worship of statue is worship of lie. It's worship of falsehood. It's worship of deception. It's worship of man's imagination. What man just concocted and imagined. That, that, that statue, that life, that statue they were dragging. That is a spiritual representation of that imagination of man. That false imagination of man that they imagined and then started doing that. Why? Because they lost the word of God. So Paul said in 1 Corinthians 8.4, Now about eating food. That was offered false gods. We know that the false gods in this world don't really exist and that no God exists except one God. First Corinthians 8 4. So another translation says an idol stands for something that does not exist. So you can see they don't those things don't exist. They're just they're just the works of man, the evil imagination of man. You know, so that's futile thoughts. That are not originating from the word of God. That's actually what those things represent spiritually. Idol 
is just an imagination and a trick by the devil. It does not exist. It is worship of lie and death. When people reject the word of God, which is the truth, all that remains is lie and human imagination. And since man's power is of no use at all, and death has been ruling humanity since Adam's sin, all who reject the word of God still worship lie and death. This is just worship of lie and death because of that judgment when God said to Adam that if they sin, they're going to die. That if they eat of that food, they will die. It's that death that reflects in all those works, those works, making statues, worshiping idol. Those are just the fruits of death that, that lives in the human nature. Believers are redeemed and should submit to the word of God and life we should submit to life and the word of god and to the grace of god completely because believers are now under grace and life so believers should not submit to idol worship let the grace of god rule you as a believer pursue complete obedience and submission to god's word that's all that matters that is your protection it's your sword the word of god is your weapon your battle axe your armor, and your defense. So cherish the word of God. Cherish Christ. May the Lord bless you and keep you. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. Have a good day. Remain blessed. Bye.